From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Marketing Matters on Business Radio. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Marketing Matters here on Business Radio, uh, Sirius XM 132. I'm Barbara Kahn, the Patty and J.H. Baker Professor of Marketing. And for this segment, we're going to talk about Black History Month and how the NHL is celebrating this year. And I'm thrilled to welcome... Jeff Scott, who's the Vice President for Hockey Development and Industry Growth at the NHL. Hi, Jeff, and thank you for being here. Hello, hello, Barbara. Hello, Barbara. Hello, Barbara. Um, So, uh, before we get started with what we're here to talk about Black History Month, let me ask you about your personal career journey. I'm curious, because NHL is obviously an exciting place to work, and I was wondering if... Your your journey was because you were interested in the business that you're doing or the business side of it, the marketing side of it, um, or if you're an athlete and you came in through the athletic side. Yeah, no, great, great question. And, and, and I actually love that question because uh, I actually get asked quite a bit, you know, Jeff, how did you end up in hockey? <laughs> and yeah. when I started my, uh, my professional career uh, working in sports uh, over 22 years ago, I would have never imagined that I'd be working in hockey. Let's just be honest, right? Um, as 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 a, a black kid growing up in Daytona Beach, Florida, and I like to tell people, for me, finding hockey was like trying to find a polar bear in the desert, right? Like it just was not an option for me. Uh, but I knew uh, at a young age that I always had a passion for sports. You know, I was a college football player, um, played all traditional sports growing up from baseball to basketball to you know, um, soccer, you name it. And I started off working in sports uh, through the sports agent world uh, with IMG Sports in Toronto. And I was on the account executive agent of Philly. Um, you recall the movie, Jerry Maguire, you know, show me the money. Of Everyone course. wanted to jump into, you know, the sports agent world. And I, uh, I spent five years doing that um, between uh, Toronto and New York City. And, Before you go on, uh, let me just ask you something about that, because, yeah, you yeah. know, I know a lot, my son included, I know a lot of kids who would have loved to go that route, especially after that movie. That movie really <laughs> did make it pretty interesting for everyone. And uh, and he was told, and I was told at the time, it's actually sometimes harder to be an agent than it is to be a professional athlete. So that was, how did you get that job to start from the beginning? Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it, it's so funny how things happen, right? So... I was fortunate enough to um, to participate in a few uh, NHL or excuse me NFL combines um, and got a chance to befriend um, some sports agents along the way. And you know, as a as as a hungry, a thirsty you know college senior who was you know trying to set your eyes on the prize, you know, I began reaching out to agents left and right. You know, and one agent that was um, that I was able to get a, a connection with uh, a guy by the name of Mark Steinberg. And if you don't know Mark, you should probably look him up, but uh, he is Tiger Woods, you know, as Tiger Woods, agent, um, you know, a, a huge, he, he, he's a monster, right? When it comes to the sports. Said. And, uh, and, and Mark gave me an opportunity, you know, and Mark, you know, allowed me to be able to work alongside him. He was actually based out of the IMG Cleveland office and, uh, he needed support in the IMG Toronto office, but it was honestly by determination, you know, and a willingness for him to take a chance on a on a 20 year old kid who was passionate about working in sports, and and, and the rest was history from there. But um, but yeah, it's, it's it's definitely a difficult you know field to get in. 
Uh, it's a competitive field to get in, but I think, you know, with, you know, the right determination and, and, and connections, you know, things, things can happen and they will happen. Right. So that was, uh, it, it, it was one of those, you know, just, you know, shoot for the stars and see where you land and, and, and was fortunate enough to land with that opportunity. Okay. So you were an agent and, that, and your connection to NHL. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so just going back really, really briefly. So I started off on the basketball side of the world, um, working um, um, with Vince Carter specifically uh, and the Toronto Raptors. And so when Vince was traded from the Toronto Raptors to the New Jersey Nets, um, I transitioned to the IMG New York office and was managing his responsibilities and contract wow. negotiations and things of that nature from that aspect. But then I, I had an opportunity that presented itself to me while uh, working uh, alongside the New Jersey Nets at the time. It was really to come on and oversee player development and community relations. And that was during the time when the Nets were also preparing for the move to Brooklyn, you know, as we now know the Nets as the Brooklyn Nets. Um, so I was a part of that team and spent 10 years um, with the Brooklyn Nets, wow. the New Jersey Nets and Brooklyn Nets, um, all on the community investment, youth, youth basketball development side. Um, but where my career really took a turn was when the Nets moved to Brooklyn, um, I had already started building and cultivating a lot of relationships in the New York, New Jersey market, but specific, specifically in Newark. And as we know, the home of the New Jersey Devils um, is Newark, New Jersey. And um, through my relationships, you know, in this small sports world, uh, the Devils came knocking and they said, listen, Jeff, we are looking for someone to, you know, come on and, and really help us grow our business as it specifically, you know, looks to target growing the game in minority communities. And um, and it was a time for me at that moment to, to, to seek a new challenge. And that was when I made the transition. This was in 2016. Uh, where I made the transition from the Brooklyn Nets over to uh, to the hockey side of the world, working with the New Jersey Devils. And happy that I made that decision. You know, it was a time where I was looking for a new challenge and, you know, knew that as, as a kid who did not grow up with having hockey as an opportunity for me, I felt that this was a, a, a very great opportunity for the organization to uh, integrate and, and work alongside their community and bring the game to the people. Right. And that's that that's what happened. And, and here we are. Um, I spent five five seasons with the uh, with the New Jersey Devils. And uh, I'm now currently uh, going into my fourth season on the NHL side of the business. So tell us how some of your success stories and how the sports has been a catalyst for driving this change for more exclusivity amongst communities and things. It is interesting what you're saying about the NHL versus NFL or something like that. You know, it's not quite the same in terms of minority communities. So what, what kind of success have you had? Right. Well, I mean, when, when, when people think of hockey, you know, we, we always, you know, can resort to who we um, see on the ice who we see in the boardrooms, and we understand that from a demographic and race, you know, and ethnic perspective, the game is, you know, predominantly white, right? It's predominantly male, you know. It's it's always had this this perception. It's not of exclusively being, male, you know. <laughs> you know, that's not always diverse, right? So, you know, when I look at um, you know the opportunities and what the from the commissioner on down, what we've been really focused on is creating access to the game, right? Making sure that the game is, 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 is safe, it's welcoming, it's inclusive. And what we've been doing, you know, as you talk about what are some of the success, 
the success for me is how we just continue to normalize minority voices and in the history of minorities in the game, you know, and some of the ways we've been doing that is going back in history, you know, and being able to tell stories of, you know, Willie O'Ree, right, who was the first black player in NHL history, um, going back to talk about the story of Larry Kwong, right, who was the first player, you know, of Asian descent, to Fred Sasaskamoose, who was the first known indigenous player. So we have to go back in history. And I think that's, you know, some of the earlier success points that we've been able to point to of just normalizing the richness of the diverse history, you know, that's come, you know, through our game. And now that we've been able to really tell a lot of those stories, we're trying to focus our attention on what is that next generation of of superstars and contributors, both on the ice and off the ice from a business perspective, who are really, um, you know, blazing trails, you know, and, and creating new opportunities for for a broader fan base and a broader demographic to engage the game. So that's exactly what I was going to ask you. It sounds like there's two approaches. One approach, I would imagine, is getting more fans in the audience of, you know, a diverse fan base, um, because then you get people who look up and get excited by the game and they, you know, you get natural athletes in there who might try to become part of part of what they're seeing on the ice. The other thing is when you do get an exceptional player from the minority community, you need them to be role models um, in some sense, or you're asking them to be role models. That's what it sounds like you're doing. And so you have to have a really good relationship with the Players Association. So I would imagine, like, I mean, because that sounds like part of what you're doing and building on the history. So how did you foster that relationship and get that kind of support from the players? Were they naturally willing to do that? It sounds like more work for them, you know, so. Well, well, the the, the beauty of being a professional athlete is, of course, you have to understand that it's greater and it's bigger than just what you produce on the court, on the field or on the ice. Right. And so our work alongside the, the National Hockey League Players Association has been an amazing partnership. Um, but then we also look beyond just the Players Association. We have to look across our governing bodies, so USA Hockey and Hockey Canada, because all of these 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 men and women that you see coming in through our game, you know, have to go through you know the national ranks um, of the governing bodies. And so we we we're, we're very diligent about building those partnerships and those alignments early on. So then when the players do make it to the show. You know, they understand that it's bigger than just lacing uh. up the skate and playing, right? And so um, a lot of this, too, comes into, um, you know, creating opportunities where the guys feel supported, you know, when they are putting their face and their voice behind a lot of these initiatives and being authentic behind it. Because authenticity, of course, is the key to everything. And if we want it to sustain, you know, the guys have to feel comfortable about talking about their heritage you know, or their race or their ethnic their ethnic background or their sexual orientation or whatever we name, you know, and, and, and that's a part of the job that I get a chance to do alongside my colleagues, you know, across, you know, multiple aspects across all 32 of our clubs. And, you know, we're starting to see the swell of, of, of the progress and, and, and we're excited about it. That totally makes sense. So you have to build the culture from the beginning, and it's got to be authentic. It can't just be all of a sudden someone becomes a superstar and they become a spokesperson. Who knows what they're going to say? I could see that. <laughs> so um, um, so can you um, talk about the newest campaign and what you're doing now? Like what's happening right now? What It is Black History Month. You have something special on the docket. What's going on? Absolutely. So we, we've been celebrating Black History Month now um, which is a part of our Hockey is for Everyone platform for, for, oh man, close to a decade. 
And like I mentioned before, we really started off this this initiative with talking about the history. And when you think about just black history, you know, within the NHL, sadly, because the history isn't as deep, eventually we run out of stories. Right. We, we can only tell the story <laughs> of Willie O'Ree so much. We can only tell the story of Val James, who was the first black American born player or the story of Angela James, who was the first black female who was inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame. We can only tell those stories so much, right? So what we've, what we've been able to do with, you know, this year's uh, celebration of the month is really focusing on the next generation of hockey history, of Black hockey history. So we have, uh, over the course of the month, month, we've been telling stories through featured topics, right, and featured individuals, you know, going back to, you know, some of the, the the, the new trailblazers, right? The new, tra- the, excuse me, the new uh, uh, change makers that we see are coming up in this game. So some of those individuals that you'll see, you know, is uh, an individual, young young girl who's playing for the University of Wisconsin. Her name is Layla Edwards. You know, she also has an older sister, but she was, you know, the first black, um, all made all rookie honors, you know, and is, you know, was the, the, the MVP of the IAHF U18 championship team. You know, we're talking about Sophie Jacques, who was the first Black recipient of the Patty Kazmaier Memorial Trophy, right, which was uh, an award that goes to the best NCAA Division I female player. Um, we're talking about, you know, Jordan Samuels Thomas, right, who is the second Black referee and currently the only Black referee in the NHL right now. You know, so when we think about the work that's gone into the NHL and our efforts around growing and diversi- diversifying the game, you know, we have to talk about what the future of the game is going to look like and how excited we are and, 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 and hopefully encouraging more fans and more young kids to look up and be able to say, hey, that person looks like me or I have an opportunity, you know, to play at a high level or, you know, even off the ice, you know, we have stories that we tell about you know, Joel Ward, you know, who is one of the, you know, the second black coach on the bench this year, um, following Mike Greer, who is, you know, a, a general manager, or JT Brown and Everett Fitzhugh, who are in front of the camera broadcasting the game. So these are just those stories that we're normalizing. You know, we're talking about it. We want people to to get excited about where the game is headed. And, and, and that's really what we're what we're excited about for this year's campaign and this year's celebration. Well, that sounds really exciting, and I like the idea of building the history. Just I have just a few more seconds left. Actually, we're pr- practically at the end of time. But you know, you're talking about building he- history, culture, authentic culture, and things like that. Do you do any like cheesy marketing stuff, or is it like all? I'm just curious if you have any promotions or campaigns or something that have been really fun to do, social media uh, accounts or something like that. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's not necessarily cheesy, right? But um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but. But but I, I'll say, you know, a very targeted, you know, celebration of of, of how we want to um, promote our game, you know. So some of the things, we have very specific programs and initiatives, you know, from our Learn to Play program or our First Ship program, as it's known across the border in Canada, um, to uh, promoting our United by Hockey Mobile Museum, which is a traveling exhibit that, vis- that, that travels, you know, across North America to promote, you know, how we are, are raising greater awareness around around this. And really, that intentionality around the marketing um, is, is is pointed to the fact where we just want people to know what's out there, you know, and how we're celebrating it. So some of the teams in our local markets, they do a great job with 
um, creating very bespoke jerseys, you know, celebrating black history, right? Where they hire local artists and they're able to tell the story through the artistry of the jersey and the design. Oh, that's cool. You know, so being able to market those games, being able to market those moments where we, you know, it's a a specific call to action to the community to come out and support. So, um, so yeah, it's very, it's very intentional and it's very creative depending on, you know, how each of our 32 markets are looking to, you know, to authentically engage their community. Yeah, that does sound like classic good marketing, not cheesy marketing. (laughs) You're absolutely right. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for joining us today. And where can our listeners go to keep up with you and everything that's going on at the NHL? Yes, please visit www.nhl.com. And from there, you can find, you know, everything related to our community initiatives, to our industry growth fund initiatives, to our United by Hockey initiatives, and to learn more just about the richness and the history across our game, uh, spanning from our celebration of Black history to Indigenous to as 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 March approaches uh, Gender Equality Month. Um, so yes, please check us out. Please support. Uh, and if you have any amazing stories to tell, definitely reach out to us because we are always looking uh, to celebrate. You know the way uh, the ways in which people are 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 contributing to the growth of our game. Well, thank you very much for being here. And it sounds like you've had a very interesting career as well. well. That is all we have time for today. So thank you very much for being here. And we'd like to thank our producers, Dion Simpkins and Dana Cash. We're here every Wednesday from 5 to 6 p.m. We play our show several times throughout the week. And you can follow us on Twitter at SXM Marketing, or you can follow Business Radio at XXM Business for information about all our programming. Thank you all for listening today. We'll be back next week. Until then, this is been Marketing Matters. I'm Barbara Kahn here with America's Read, Business Radio, Sirius XM 132.